I have high anxiety that manifests itself like attention deficit disorder. I know, what a surprise. Hey, welcome to Dot Grid, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital. I'm your host, Will Fengi, and I am joined, as I always am, by one of my internet best friends, which is a weird thing to say and probably comes off as super creepy, Mr. Andy Welfley. Sup, Andy Welfley, how are you? I'm good. I, um, I have to say that as much as of, of a bromance as we may have, it is not nearly the intensity of the bromance between Mike Hurley and Brad Dowdy. Oh my gosh, that is, first of all, if you haven't listened to, and we're going to do the show notes thing first up, if you haven't listened to episode 150 of The Pen Addict, um, I think they, it, it, there's going to be a link in the show notes, and it's definitely. it's definitely worth going to listen to. I think that they talked about hugging for probably a solid five minutes. I think so. I think you're right. Um, and at no point did they talk about hugging Anna Reinhardt, who was there with them, and is probably a little bit more of, of an appropriate hug. Everyone all the way around. Maybe it was a it was kind of a weird group thing, but I tell you what, they were both particularly excited to see one another. It was amazing. That's that's awesome. I love that. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad that the Kickstarter worked out for them and got Mike over here. I'm glad that he mentioned in in the podcast that he's going to try to make it an annual thing. Um, I don't really know that I had the understanding of exactly how crazy the Atlanta I realize this is all relative but how crazy the Atlanta Pen Show was going to be this year. It really yeah, it really seems like maybe it's the biggest in the country at least that I've I've heard of. Um I know the LA Pen Show is pretty big. Um but it could just be because most of the people from our channels um kind of from our understanding were, were at it where whereas a lot of the pen shows are really as they said people who don't necessarily know what a podcast or a blog is. Yeah, I feel like the Atlanta Pen Show this year, maybe it's not, maybe every other year it's not a massive thing, but this year it almost became a, if you're in the pen community and you're tech savvy, then it was almost, it was almost like a destination. People almost said, yeah. you know, this is going to be my annual trip to the Mecca, only yeah. in this case, instead of Mecca, it was like Nakko. I really wish I could have figured out how to go, but I I could not get away. But I like to think that if we were to meet in real life, uh, we would also... Um, have a lot of hugging. I was going to say hug awkwardly for more than two minutes. Maybe <laughs> I <think> so. so. <laughs> I like that he, uh, Brad kept saying, well, we kept looking at each other uh, and like, pinching each, each other and poking at each other to make sure this was really real. And I mean, <laughs> well, you look, they're what, about three years in on this? It's and true. they've well, never met in person? It's it's interesting because like, you know, to to me, like you and Johnny and Tim are just voices on the other end. Like I've I've video chatted with them before, but definitely like, it is. It, it does seem like it would be really weird to put like a real life face to the voice that you that you hear every week. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I have been knocking around the idea. The more and more I've thought about it, of trying to do the um, the aforementioned in a joking way, uh, erasable get together thing here in Pencil City, USA. Because I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess we could put up that. Uh, what is that? A, a yurt in the backyard, and we can just have a bunch of people out, and we can do weird sleeping bags. No, we couldn't that would do be awesome. that. Well, I, um, it would be fun, but we would probably literally fill up every hotel in Shelbyville. <laughs> well, you know, the American Pencil Collector Society does a uh, once every two year uh, a biannual uh, meetup, and it's a lot of like swapping of pencils. But it's definitely not. 
it's it's a much much different crowd much like the pen show I'm, i have a feeling that we would have a lot of just people who would not even comprehend what an internet radio show was and yeah and there's really not like new pencil vendors like pencils.com or notegeist would not go and like set up shop at the pen at the acps pencil show or APC, APCS pencil show. Um, it ASPCA just, just pencil show is something yeah. entirely different. Exactly. Uh, we should maybe actually talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea to go ahead and jump into this. Um, we are once again brought to you by Notegeist this week, so we'll have a little bit more to say about them later. Yay. Uh, by them, we mean Gary and all of the fine people that give him a hand. But yeah, this week, uh, Andy and I decided that we're going to delve into a topic that is always – it seems like one of those – it's my unanswerable question. It's, it's something that I seem to always be picking some other way, form, or fashion of handling. And I know that I've said this uh, – I said this during the gift management episode, but this is something that I have been thinking about for a long time. Um, and it is a little bit more conventional, I would say, than a, um, than a gift management episode. Not which I got a lot – yeah, I got a lot of good feedback for that. Um, yeah, and we, we got a lot of good feedback for the last episode, too, with Mike Rohde. Yeah. Uh, again, can't say enough nice things about him and how gracious he was to sit down with us. I've actually uh, – I went back and listened to the analog note-taking episode of Pencil versus Pixel that he was on with mm. uh, Joey Caffone mm. and I think um, – ah, see, here it is, me forgetting the name of the guy that does the dry erase notebook again. Um, but that's actually a really, really solid episode, too, that kind of – uh, of pencil versus pixel that rotates and kind of revolves around some of the things that you and I have talked about in the past because it's all about analog note taking. Yeah. Uh, but this week we are talking about analog and digital um, reminders and to do lists and and things like that because there are there are so many digital tools out there. It seems like every time I turn around, there's another Kickstarter for some sort of analog system. Oh, yeah. uh, whether it's bullet journaling or or something like that. Uh, so you and I have kind of had this on the back burner for a little while, not because we didn't want to do it, but because it's, it's a particularly daunting topic. When, when I think of like my workflow, my productivity, when it comes to digital or analog, I think the thing that I consistently am the most inconsistent about is, um, my to-do lists. I really just like cycle back and forth between, um, digital and, and like something on paper. It's, it's so weird. And I... I'll, I'll, I won't like and spoiler alert. I have no idea why <laughs> it's just something some days, sometimes I feel like putting it onto my computer and sometimes I feel like writing it in my, my notebook or whatever. So it's, yeah, I wish there was a good, like a good method that I really kept, but I don't <laughs> No, And I'm, I'm the same way we've yeah. had this. We kind of had this in the queue when we were ready to go. And then the opportunity to, uh, to talk to Mike popped up. So we put it back for a couple of weeks um, since we created the show doc, kind of the rundown to do this, I'm not even kidding. I have changed my currently using system four times. Yeah. Like just in the last month, I've gone back and forth between this system or that product or this app or, you know, this different notebook or, or what have you. So it's one of those things that much in the way that, um, and I think I shared that article with you. Did I share the article with you about Solarized and the guy that picked the colors yeah, for Solarized? Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, about – and we'll put a link to it in the show notes too, uh, nerduprising.co slash dot grid slash eight. Um, it was – it's almost like they talk about in that article where people get more caught up with the products that they're using than the things they're actually creating. And I feel like there are times that I definitely get more caught up in the system that I'm using and trying to perfect – how I'm going to take care of this yeah. than I actually do 
accomplishing the things that are on my list. I think it's just a just another kind of incarnation of you know being a tinkerer. Like you know, and I know that you're you like to play around with a a computer and install Linux or make a Hackintosh or something. And I, you know, I will do very similar things. I'll try out something new or just try to like modify something to see if it'll work. I think it's just kind of tweaking and I, I'm, I'm not going to use the word life hack. I'm not going to use the word life hack. Um, <laughs> hacking your life uh, is, is something that's interesting and fun and really challenges your brain. The trouble well, is, is you're sometimes uh, breaking the very thing you're trying to solve, which is to be more productive. And No, uh, my- I, I spent the first 30 minutes when I was home today trying to figure out how to um, sync my sublime text preferences between Linux and the Windows computer that I use. Yeah. Why? Yeah, well, I, I think it was XKCD who had a really good comic um, years and years ago about... Uh, about nerds and like they they had like a like a line graph and they showed the intersection at which the amount of prep time you you take to figure out an automated way to do a very simple task will eventually um you know will eventually intersect and then stay under the amount of time it takes to do a task if that makes any sense i'll i'll try to track that down and put a link in it but it basically shows like hey people roll their eyes when you know we try to figure out some easier or automatic way to do something but eventually, in the long haul, it's going to pay off. We hope. Yeah. Uh, or if not, at least we had an enjoyable time in the process. Exactly. Yep. Well, so, we're going to kind of knock back and forth uh, yeah. between analog systems and digital systems and what we're currently using and things that we've tried, things that we like and things we don't like. Um, I do want to preface this with the disclaimer. Um, nothing that we are going to say today is the definitive be-all, end-all answer. Yeah. Um, Andy and I both use different systems from each other. We're both using different systems on a regular basis. If I ever find the perfect tool, I promise you, Andy, you'll be the first person to know. And then we'll make sure that we record like an impromptu emergency episode to throw up in everybody's guys, podcast guys. feeds. Yeah. I found it. I finally got it. So we're just gonna we're gonna explore some of the different analog and digital systems. We're gonna talk about some of the things that we've used and some of the tips that we've got and hopefully through going through all of these, something will ring a bell uh, with one or many of our listeners, and they'll say, oh, I hadn't really thought about that. Maybe I'll give that a try. Because uh, that same thing happened to me here recently. Um, I'm going to go first because I own the domain. That's well, should, a horrible reason to go first. Should we talk about sort of the 50,000-foot view first? And Yeah, so- well, I like how you did a 50,000-foot view, and now you're going to talk about Get Things Done, which is where you probably got the whole 50,000 foot view from. Well, the the first thing I was going to ask is, um, we'll just point out, is we both have jobs, and probably most people out there um, have jobs that are complicated enough where not everything we do can be actionable, cannot be summarized in a to-do list. Um, no, there are things that pop up on my to-do list immediate, that I either have to do immediately or in the next couple of minutes yeah. that if I took the time to write them down, yeah. I could just go ahead and get them done. You don't have like a to-do for like teach kids. <laughs> Right. I don't like ha- I don't have a stand up in front of class. Yeah. Uh take care of this situation. You know, it's one of those I either do it now or it doesn't get done and it doesn't have time to go on a list. Yeah. So so what I would be interested to know is like how do you account for that kind of a thing? Like where's the line between like task oriented to-dos and like strategy or planning or something like that? Um I think probably today we'll talk mostly about that first kind of thing, but do you use any sort of a system that is like a to-do list but for that like broader strategy 
that you might do. Um, in your case, lesson planning, strategy, you know, any of that, that kind of stuff. I see. Here's the thing about my lesson plans and seeing as how, and we can talk about this in a later episode, seeing as how I've, I've made a major life change here recently, I feel completely comfortable in saying this. I write lesson plans every week, but the vast majority of the time, it's only a very, very, very vague um, kind of impression on the direction that I'm going to head. Uh, yeah. In case you couldn't tell by knowing me for as long as you and I have have been internet friends, I'm not a guy who, I, I'm very much a, you know, do things now, ask for uh, forgiveness later. I very much stand up in front of my class every day and have an idea of the standard I'm going to talk about or the lesson I'm going to teach, or maybe I have a unit plan saying, okay, I'm going to teach this novel right now. But so much of what I do, particularly with my first couple of classes every day, it's just, all right, this is what I want to accomplish. How am I going to get there? I want to say that my lesson plans are typically followed, but I like (laughs) you and I don't want to lie to you. What you're saying is some children are left behind. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to poke the bear. <laughs> well, and that's. Uh, I, I do want to give uh, real quick as an aside. You and uh, another show on this network a plug. Um, there's a new show called Flipped that um, there are three really amazing co-hosts. I listened to the first episode, and I know that the second one is kind of on the way. But it's an education and technology podcast. Um, I know that when that kind of gets some traction and starts getting out, it's going to be amazing because it's. I'm not. I'm not a teacher and I don't have like specific specific interest in technology in the classroom, but it's riveting. That first episode, people talking about their approaches was so great. So good job for you for getting that off the ground. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a really nice thing for you to say. No, um, uh, Jacoby Young and Todd Crane and Katie Mouton are going to be the co-hosts on that. I do have uh, a, a cameo, if you will, yeah. on the first couple of episodes just to kind of get traction. And obviously, I'm the big draw for the network. It's definitely not Mr. Andy <laughs> Welfley. I have a podcast with thousands of listeners. It's me. Um, so I kind of got in there to kind of get the ball rolling, but I really wanted the three of them with their individual sort of um, – outlooks on things to kind of see how the three of them would interact. I have a tendency, I don't know if you've noticed this, to be a little bit overbearing when it comes <laughs> to podcasts. I'm a talker. So I kind of wanted to I wanted to make a podcast that I wanted to listen to, which I think is one of the reasons why this podcast that you and I have has been as successful as it has been is because this is you and I making a show that if we weren't making it, we would listen to it. And I really want Flipped to turn out to be that kind of thing. So yeah, we have an, an educational technology podcast here on the network. It's Flipped. It's nerduprising.co slash Flipped. Um, check it out. First episode's there. Second episode should be coming out about the same time that this uh, wonderful podcast is hitting your ears. So if that's the kind of thing you might be into, whether you're into technology or education or both or none of these and you just like to listen to people uh, with uh, Hawaiian slash southern accents talk to each other. It's a really, really interesting interaction of three very different personalities and three very different approaches to teaching. So thank you for saying nice things about that podcast. I definitely didn't put that in the show notes for you to do. So that was <laughs> super kind of you. Does Jacoby um, have a – is that a Hawaiian accent? No, I just – I say that he's in Hawaii, but I don't yeah. think that's actually Hawaiian accent. Okay. I Dude is probably the behind you, the one of the most Midwestern people I know, which is <laughs> kind of weird. Thanks. Yeah, it means well, I hate gay people, is what you're saying. Oh, no. see, I was gonna. He doesn't. I do not. He lives in San Francisco. You wouldn't survive. Um, just I was gonna say. Some of my Iowa's, favorite sisters are gay. There you go. <laughs> that's 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 a way to look at it. Um, do um. I don't necessarily have a strategy or a game plan when I stand up to do the things that I do on a day-to-day basis. Do I have 
Like we have standardized testing that starts next week. So I have a list of standards that I have to cover every year and make sure my students know. And I have quarterly unit plans that I put out. So I have a general idea of what I'm aiming for. And I suppose that A, I would probably be a better teacher if I stuck to my lesson plans. And B, it's probably a good idea to have where I'm going every day. Mm-hmm. Um, in mind, when I get started, we, we call that understanding by design. It's kind of beginning with the end in mind. I would probably do a lot better if I adhered to that more often. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what I do is very much by the seat of my pants. I mean, I'm working with 12, 13-year-olds every day. It's Some days you get kids, some days you get adults, some days you get babies. So, I mean, <laughs> I got I to show up every day prepared for just about anything. I can't even imagine that. It's, it, <laughs> I it can takes, barely it takes some getting used to. And well, and then you look at my other job. My other job um, is either working on this podcast network, which is a You're also dealing little, with children. Well, every once in a while. We try <laughs> not to say mean things about future when he's not listening. Yeah. But um, And then my wife has these uh, these small businesses with the styling and the, and the rentals and then the small business consulting that she and I are doing. And that is, I mean, you and I were talking in the pre-show. I came home tonight and thought I was just going to be able to take about an hour and get ready for this show. And I had to move some furniture and load the car and take apart a chair and put together another chair. And I wasn't ready for that. So, yeah, there are a lot of things when it comes to the to-dos that are just – right there. I can't, I mean, yeah, I have a list of five or 10 different things that I have kind of not necessarily even on the horizon, even closer things I need to knock out when I get a free minute. But so much of the stuff that I do is right there in my face. This is, I don't have a choice of what to do right now. Like this is what I have to work on. So, so what, what, what system do you use to sort between all those projects and all of those, um, kind of the timeliness of your to do's? Um, my timeliness, I say. well, yeah, I, I say I prioritize them, and this is going to sound horrible, and I, no, I love my wife and I love my coworkers to death, but I kind of prioritize what needs to get done next based on who has uh, nagged at or picked at me the most recently or with the most um, ferocity. I mean, no, that's that's a perfectly legitimate system, I think. I, I definitely like... like I report to a few different project managers at my workplace and uh, like on several different products. And um, usually whoever has bugged me the most or I think will bug me next is usually the one that gets done first. And it's I think everybody works like that. Yeah, no, right before we started the podcast, I got uh, an email from an I don't necessarily report to many project managers, but I am an itinerant teacher. So I teach at two different schools, but officially my job is through our central office because I work for the gifted department. So I have another supervisor through the gifted department who, um, and you and I have talked about this, who I've known since I was seven. She was my gifted teacher <laughs> oh, when I was man. in school. So she, yeah, she still kind of treats me like I'm seven or eight. Williams. <laughs> well, which is fine. Cause sometimes I still act like I'm seven or eight, but I got an email from her right before we started recording the podcast that were like, where are your lesson plans for this week? So that'll be the first thing I do when I show up to class in the morning is go, Oh goodness, I have to make sure I get this box checked and these things sent over because it might be the week before testing and everyone in the school might be doing review lessons, but I'm going to make sure that I get this done because she is the one who is most likely to email me again repeatedly and or show up at my – well, I say my door. The classroom I have in my first um, school doesn't actually have a door. Um, womp womp. <laughs> um, but I have to make sure that I get that done so that I don't incur – uh, in, incur more of her of her wrath. I'll just say that. But yeah, it's, Guys, it's whatever more, whatever's most recent. We need more education funding for Tennessee. They don't even have doors. Yeah, we don't have doors or shoes. So 
Send your money to cash.me. <laughs> uh, no, we, um, because of the class that I teach, I am actually in a semi-lobby that has been converted into a classroom. It's a pretty spacious classroom, but up until this year, my, my number of students at this particular school didn't top more than 20. So they've kind of stuck me in nooks and crannies in different rooms. The first year I was there, I was in an office with 14 students, 14 desks, my desk, three computers, a bookcase, and a part for the projector. It was the room that had been the ISS room the year before. Woo. Um, yeah, and it was. it is now an office for three people. So think about that. It's <laughs> too much room to put four people in an office, but we had 15 people in there at <laughs> once. So um, – yeah, so now, now I'm in a classroom, and it, whoever darkens my doorway the most recently is the person who typically gets their, uh, their to-do checked off my list the fastest. Well, they can't darken your door. Well, they can darken my doorway. Yeah, there you there's, go. There's a particular spot once you walk past the partitions that I know you're in my room. <laughs> so should we talk about some of the specific systems by which we track our to-dos? Well, one of the most popular is probably the David Allen system of get things done. If you... <laughs> Uh, dude, I've read the book or parts <laughs> of the book and like I get into it and I'm particularly excited that they, he had a new edition that came out this year. Maybe uh, listeners, maybe you noticed that he kind of made the rounds uh, between the podcasts. I saw that he did an episode of Systematic. Hmm. Uh, I know he did an episode of Mac Power Users. So we'll try to put links to those in the show notes. I've listened to the Mac Power Users episode and it's a good one. Um, but I think the thing that really hurt me when I was reading the book when I was, was I was reading the, the old edition and – I believe he was still referring to his Palm Pilot at that point. <laughs> so there was a little bit of a separation, a little bit of a differentiation um, I, between I have, what I was dealing with on a regular basis and what he was actually talking about. I have to admit that I, uh, I, I, I read the original book, but I mostly just listened to when Merlin Mann talks about him um, because I, I feel like Merlin just summarizes uh, David Allen um, – in a much more succinct way than David Allen does, if that makes yeah, any David, sense. Yeah, David Allen has – I'm not saying that book could be a pamphlet. Yeah. But, um, but – and like I said, I would, I would read the new edition, and I probably will just because I'm – you know, summer's coming up. I realized that I only have four weeks left after this week. Nice. So I have five weeks left total, and one of those is standardized testing, which is stressful, but at the same time, probably the least amount of work I have to do in a week. So I'm, I I'm almost we'll just there. be chatting on, on Slack for – we actually week. won't be because if the state finds out I'm using an electronic device in the middle of standardized testing, <laughs> I think not only do they revoke my license, they remove one of my hands what? by force. Oh, man. Yeah, we had that. We had that faculty meeting this afternoon. It's it's tough. It's it. People have had their licenses revoked for discussing problems on the test in Chewies. Oh lord! After the test is over, they're they're serious about this stuff, man. So um, so one thing about David Allen's system, it's called getting things done, or GTD, as as uh, as they say. Um, is that um, they they argue that uh, everything can can in fact be broken down into actionable tasks. So um, even if you are oh even if you are planning to like st- strategizing about something, if you're trying to figure out your plan f- to tackle something, um, you can you might call that a project. Uh, maybe um, you would title that project strategic planning for product X, depending, of course, on what your job is. Um, and so they, they argue that every single thing that you do is something that can be, can be made into a task um, that will happen one after the other, one after the other. And it's up to you to just like collect as much input as you can into sort of an inbox 
then start processing that and then sorting them out into tasks. So a task could be um, something as vague as doing research about problem X um, or something as concrete as um, look up this blog post. I don't know, something like that. Um, so it's basically systematically breaking down each part of your process into a task um, and then putting that together as a project. So, um, And then if you've done it right, by the end of it, you should be able to just cross everything off and it's done. Um, <laughs> it's particularly hard for me to think like that um, just because I feel like I would be spending more time um, – just processing the task and the series of tasks and actually doing it. Yeah. Breaking everything down to small actionable pieces yeah. is too much of a large semi actionable piece and, for me. And allegedly like if you, if you can do that, if you are disciplined enough to do that, um, you eventually just create efficiencies and then that is just something you're good at and it will in the long run pay off. But I, I feel like, I feel like with GDD, GTD, you have to, it's like a religion. You just have to like stick with it. You have to be religious about it. It's you've oh, got to be GDD. You got to be goddamn devout. It's so intense, and I, I just don't think I can operate quite like that. No, um, well, it's fascinating, I mean, and I definitely have used parts of it. Um, I think Merlin advocates for sort of a milder, less Rain Man version of of GTD often. Um, but yeah, I, I I know that there are a few um, online systems out there. We'll talk about uh, OmniFocus, I assume. Uh, we'll talk about things, but um, you can kind of use those as sort of a modified GTD system. Um, and I'll, I'll look for it in show notes. But there's an episode of Back to Work, which is sort of one. It was one of my favorite podcasts. Maybe the one that got me listening to podcast again, um, where Merlin just really breaks it down and talks about it. It's fascinating. But, yeah. I would actually be interested in listening to that because I I do like Back to Work. Yeah. I like Dan Benjamin. I like Merlin Man. I like what they do. I would be interested in probably listening to that episode. I'll track that down and link it in show notes. Good, because I am at a at a loss for solid Back to Work episodes. And the thing is, is they've been doing that for so long. They're past episode 200 now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah. They're, they're way in there. And it, it is sort of, I don't want to say it's devolved, but it's it's sort of turned into a series of in-jokes and um, com- comic, book, comic talk. book talks, parent talk, and uh, like the Big Lebowski talk. Well, that was their most recent episode, wasn't yes. it? At the, at, they didn't at the movies over Big Lebowski. I it's, thought you were going to say germ talk because yeah, they, they do the germ that's thing often, too. It, I think that they have such a tight-knit following that people – most people aren't coming in for uh, product, productivity tips anymore. Mostly people are coming in for um, – because like they feel like they know Merlin and Dan now as like as people. Oh man, I'm trying to figure out. There's going to be a uh, Merlin Man meetup in San Francisco on Thursday uh, at his comic book store, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to go to that. But I've uh, I think the answer is uh, yes. I think we well, should really trying to figure out is what time you're going to be there. I, I don't want to. I don't want this to sound creepy. I don't know. It's if going I can, to, but go ahead. I don't know if I can meet Merlin Man. I, I sort of have like placed him on this pedestal of like this super nimble conversationalist and just like all around super interesting guy. And I feel like if I meet him, it's not going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Get him on the podcast. My, my coworker um, has met him and uh, goes to these things and like Merlin has like talked to him and bought him drinks before. And 
and would recognize him on the street. And I'm just like, I, oh, I don't know. You're talking about our close personal friend, Jake. That would be Jake. Jake, he's he he and Merlin are our homies. Oh yeah. So if you can't get Merlin to be on the podcast, maybe Jake can get Merlin to be on the podcast. That would be okay with me. I'm just uh, afraid. I feel like he. Well, I feel like he and Patrick Grohn are like the kingmakers when it comes to podcasting. I'd be like, well, if you didn't have a whole bunch of listeners before. <laughs> so speaking of Patrick Grohn, that's a really good segue into... Oh. Yep, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm, let's not even edit that. No, uh, we're going to leave... The, we're not gonna leave I live like in an early end. war zone, everybody. What is that going on outside your door? <laughs> no, oh, no. Was... San Mateo is off the chain. <laughs> there was just a car alarm going off. Um, so uh, Patrick Rohn invented a system, and I'm going to let you talk about it because I think you know more about it than I do, uh, a system called Do- Dash Plus. Yeah. And that I... is our next kind of system of to-dos. Dash Plus was kind of the first one that I sort of – I don't want to say messed around with or – kind of tinkered around with I, I i guess i did kind of i got onto the field notes bandwagon i don't know i guess we're looking at just a little bit just a little bit over a year ago before that i was carrying uh moleskin kaye's kind of off and on for a while because my uh i have high anxiety that manifests itself like attention deficit disorder i know what a surprise but i have a really hard time keeping things in my short-term memory so i would carry around a notebook to write things down just so I could remember them later uh, because it only takes about a half dozen times for you to forget something your wife told you before she's like, just Jesus Christ, just write that shit down. Um, so I did and I started carrying my notebooks around and things like that and then I kind of got on the field notes bandwagon right about the same time that I discovered The Pen Addict and then I discovered Erasable, which is another wonderful podcast with three great hosts, one of which you may know. Um, I hate that and, podcast. Well, it's not for everyone. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, but I, about the same time I started carrying uh, field notes, I stumbled upon the Dash Plus system, which is um, – it's simple in a way that's not so simple, uh, and that makes no sense whatsoever. So please allow me to direct you, to, A, to the show notes where there will be a link to uh, the Patrick Grown white paper describing it, and B, let me describe it to you now. Um, basically, you – it's, it's, I don't want to call it a stream of consciousness logging system, but every time you think of something that you need to remember, that you need to do, or that is you know, worth writing down, you, uh, you put a dash next to it. And then if it is something that you complete, you put a horizontal dash, or you pretty much make a plus system, a, a plus out of it, and that shows that it's done. Now, there's also... So, so wait a uh, second. So the, so the first time you think of something, you're going to record it. You're going to put it into your, your notes but then, like every every time you kind of like follow up on that and think about it, you put a dash. No, no, you put the dash on it as you note it, and oh, then okay. as you write it down, and then as you act upon it. And there are four or five discrete actions that you can kind of do. Uh, if there's an arrow to it, uh, I'm going to get this wrong because I'm not looking at the picture, which is a horrible thing to do. But I hate it when people type on podcasts. Andy Wellesley. Um, <laughs> you can put an arrow to the right to show that it has been uh, transferred. I, what I do is I use that as a transferred to another list. If I put it uh, an arrow, make it that dash an arrow to the left, it shows that I'm waiting on somebody else to act on it. If I make it into a plus, that means that uh, I've accomplished it. Sometimes I make it into a box, and that means it's not necessarily something that I need to do, but something that I need to remember. Hmm. Um, it's very, sometimes you can, a dash is very easily made into an asterisk as well. He's actually got a really cool little light bulb that he makes out of things for ideas. Like if I were to have an idea for an episode of the podcast and couldn't get to my phone fast enough, 
or because I was in an area that I wouldn't, I could just write down um, the idea in my field notes and put like a little light bulb next to it. But so, basically, so everything every is in you, one stream, like everything. Yeah, everything is right there in one stream, whether it's I need to buy eggs at the grocery store, I need to remember this phone number, this is an idea I have for an invention I want to come up with, or my wife and I have an anniversary in two weeks, I need to you know buy this gift. Everything is in that one stream of consciousness, so you don't have to worry about, do I put it in this notebook because it's for Nerd Uprising? Do I put it in this notebook because it's for school? Do I put it in this notebook because it's for Three Small Dogs you know, business consulting? It's just you have the one notebook. This you podcast brought to you by spot. Three Small Dogs Business Consulting. Well, no, not kidding. not quite. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. um, eventually, maybe we'll be making enough money to do that. Um, <laughs> we have. Speaking of, we have very reasonable ad rates here at the Nerd Uprising Network. So, if you're interested in advertising <laughs> on this podcast or any of our other wonderful podcasts, come on down. Um, We're stacking them deep and selling them cheap. Oh, you! <laughs> I tell you what. I, I was asked recently if I sold used cars in my off time. You, sir, you could probably do the advertisements, the advertisements on the radio. That is um, a terrible uh, used car ad that they actually is like a Fort Wayne car lot. Does It has that as their like motto. Stacking, stacking them deep and deep selling them cheap. Selling cheap. Oh, yeah. that's, that's good stuff. That's Hey, it, <laughs> it, it rolls right off the tongue. It, it gets stuck in your head. Now, that's really the point. Dirk Walker, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. In, in advertising. <laughs> Uh, or or PR or marketing or anything, you know, if it sticks in your head that that's hey, you know you've already won job. the hard part of the battle. <laughs> um, but no, I like I liked using the Dash Plus system because it was it was it, the the easiest part about it is it's all based on that one dash and whatever yeah. you decide to do with the dash, whether you do it immediately or it's at the end of the day or at the end of the time period when you sit back and go, okay, this is my inbox. Because you know you got that whole concept of I'm putting everything that I come up with into this one spot, and I decide where it goes later. It's just this continuous stream of consciousness logging thing. It reminds um, me a little bit of. Um, have you ever used a Word notebook? Um, no, but I know. I think I know exactly where you're going with this. Yeah, it's um. So it is a uh, little cahier, like a field note or a uh, Baron fig. Um, it's it's made by Word uh, period notebook. Um, they're really great. They're very high quality. Um, the line, um, the paper is ruled in a very interesting way in that it's lined, but there are little, um, little kind of ticks uh, to kind of form a graph in case you wanted to go sideways. Um, but in the very left margin of each page, um, there's a little bubble with a little tiny second bubble. Kind of looks like an eyeball with a pupil in it. Um, and when you mark something down, you um, you fill out the outer bubble um, just to like make almost like a checklist. And as you kind of go through and fill stuff out, you can put um, one horizontal dash to just say that it's in progress or to indicate something and two horizontal dashes to show that you're done with it. So it, it sounds like a kind of a simplified version of this dash plus. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, and again, there are many different ways that you can that I've seen this handled that I've seen this done and I think we should talk about bu- bullet journaling next because there's a little bit yeah of of an easy kind of segue from one to the other, but there are many different ways, many different ways to use um like glyphs and symbols and things like that so that visually um, and it kind of goes back to the sketch noting a little bit that we talked about last week. That if you're a person who deals a little bit better with pictures than you do with just straight words, yeah. Or you can look at a list. I mean, it's almost the same thing as you know writing something out in a notebook and then scratching it out in red pen or yeah. highlighting it or something else to show that it's finished. You're just using something that's a little, uh, a little bit smaller or all in one particular place. And and bullet journaling is a good uh, representation of this as well. That's a uh, that's writer Carol, right? 
Uh, I believe so. And I, I remember when they had their um, their Kickstarter, um, and they did very well, I thought. Um, and I, I never really... I never really picked up bullet journaling. I think I think it's just a manifestation of my inability to like stick to a system. Um, but I, I definitely have seen it, and it's really interesting. And I have to admit that their website is one of my very favorite websites. Um, oh my gosh, that's a beautiful they, website. They did an amazing like, job. It's even if you're not interested in the system, just go look at the website. It's it's so cool. That, so this is my web development geekery coming out. Um, they use uh, different phases worth of scrolling, like some really cool parallax scrolling to uh, basically go through the various types of logging that you can do. Um, you know, as you scroll each section, and they talk about like what aspect of this logging you have. Uh, they actually show you what it looks like in a little notebook on the side. And so as you're going, you can um, – they'll highlight certain sections of it like sub-bullet points or tasks or notes or events, um, signifiers. don't know what the heck that is, page numbers, etc. Is it signifiers? Uh, you are right, signifiers. <laughs> it's a it's a bandy table. I am good at the words. <laughs> You would think I would be because I write for a living, but because you like, write, write short words. Stories. But also, you can you can put like monthly calendars in there, uh, daily calendars. You can migrate. It it even goes through how to migrate something from one journal to the next. It's really good. Um, this guy really delivered after this Kickstarter. Um, writer Carol, I. I can't remember. I remember he, he was interviewed somewhere, maybe on the Pen Addict. Um, yeah, and he. I'm pretty sure he just sort of went to this full time after after that Kickstarter, at least for a while. Is that correct? Do you remember? Yeah, no, I, I heard that as well. Um, because the second Kickstarter that he had come around, um, he teamed up with. Is it, is it Lechtern? Leuchtturm, I believe. Leuchtturm. Yeah, how Johnny Gamber, who has a convincing German accent, how he's sort of like. Said to me, said it, said it works. So spent a lot of time studying the Nietzsche. Yes, yes. So I, I'm, I'm convinced that his German accent Johnny's is probably re- he's really into eugenics. Life. You shouldn't listen to that episode. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh-huh. I get it. Oh, man. Uh, erasable listeners, that one's for you. Um, I actually started using the Bullet Journal when I stumbled across an article. Uh, and I will definitely put a link to this in the show notes, and I'm sorry I don't have it here for you to be caught up on, um, about a gentleman who was using what he called a hybrid bullet journal. So there were some, there were some parts of uh, the bullet journal that he used. There were some things that he pulled over from Dash Plus, which, by the way, has an app that we're going to put in there, too. Oh. That's, a, that's a good connection there from digital analog. The Dash Plus has an app. But I stumbled across this, um, this hybrid bullet journal, which when I had read about bullet journaling originally, it sounded like a good idea, but... I, like you, have a hard time kind of fully committing to a system. But the more and more I read about it, the more I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of – this is something that I you know, may be able to attach to something I may be, able to, may be able to identify with. And so I started to use that. And as you and I have been sitting here talking, I have um, my Kaye's here in front of me, as I mentioned on my last episode, in my, in my monitor stand. And I pulled out my old ones, which I you know, very devoutly keep bound together with um, the Field Notes Band of Rubber. So that I know exactly where to look for them and what to do. And I was flipping through and looking at some of the old entries that I have and some of the old monthly calendars and things like that. And I realized that it's not so much that the hybrid bullet journal or Dash Plus or bullet journal or whatever I identified with those. But it's – I've tried so long to attempt 
to apply other people's systems to the way that I work. Mm. And I think the best thing to do, and hopefully what we can help some, some of our listeners with as we're going through right now is you need to take maybe, or maybe you're the kind of person who, you know, maybe Trello will work for you. Maybe you're a base camp person. Maybe you can use the bullet journal system in a field notes or something else. Maybe that works for you. But if nothing else, take a look at multiple tools yeah. and see if blending them together works for you because you kind of need to make a system. You need to find the system that works for you if you're really interested in getting it done. Yeah. And that was kind of the things getting it done. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. <laughs> Sorry. Copyright um, 2001, David Allen. Yeah, <laughs> that's Merlin's that's, joke always because a lot of people associate GTD with him because he's such a proponent of it. But he he likes to preface his talks about GTD with that that short read. It's his. It's, it's, <laughs> it's David Allen's. Merlin just ha- Merlin just happens to be um, an apostle for it. David Allen's world. We're all just living in it. It's true from fifty thousand feet. <laughs> You've got to you've got to find the system that works for you. Whether it's a combination of things, which is currently what I'm doing, and probably likely what you're doing as well. But you've got to find a system that works for you, even if it's a combination of things, because that's the best way to try to get things done. But I'm not going to go um, gospelizing on that just yet. I'll I'll take a step back here. Um, I feel like we've talked a lot about the the analog systems that work. What are some of the the and you know this is the heart and soul of Docker right here. What are some of the analog tools that you're using that you have found to be particularly effective? Well, as I th- I've definitely talked about this on our Raceable. I don't know if we talked about it here, um, but I've recently sort of been getting into index cards, which is funny because I feel like index cards were some of the first tools that Merlin sort of became famous with. Oh, the hipster PDA, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He ran a website called Forty Three Folders, and oftentimes those folders were to hold index cards, so little folders. Um, so I I've acquired a few different kinds. I got some really cheap six dollar cards from Target. I got these little, uh, slightly more expensive cards from the Mito store. Um, that it's they're Japanese born. They're they're I think used as mostly like flashcards. Um, but then uh, our good friend of the network uh, Chase Nordengren. Uh, Nordo, as he is called, uh, Nordo. Sent, yeah, sent me a pack of um, of the dot uh, dash cards made by Notco, um, and I'll talk about those in a minute. And and then uh, June Thomas, who's a listener of Erasable, um, who is amazing, uh, sent me a sampler pack of a bunch of her note card or her index cards because she's fairly obsessed with them too. So I've sort of been kind of going through them to see which one I like the best, um, and I haven't landed yet, but I really really like the dot dash cards. Um, so what I've been doing is um, each day when I go into work, I take out a new card. I write the date and the you know the day of the week at the top. Um, I usually take like a nice pen or something to make some a couple, make a horizontal title line, and then somewhere just right of center, I will put a line as sort of like a sidebar. Um, and then I just put down the tasks I have for the day. Um, I take my computerized task list, uh, which is in things, which we'll talk about. Um, and I kind of figure out what I had scheduled for today. If I have any immediate things coming up, I'll look at the business, the index card from last week to, excuse me, the last day to see if there's things that I missed. Um, so I'll take it as like maybe 10, 15 minutes just to transcribe that and to just kind of reflect on it. Um, it kind of helps me slow everything down a little bit in my head. Um, and so I'll just kind of work off that for the rest of the day. And then if I have a meeting where I'm capturing something, I'll put that on there. Um, and then I'll use either the back of the card or the uh, sidebar on the right to put any little quick notes that I have. Um, I really like the system. I'm afraid that um, 
I'm going to need to reference something on a previous day that I will not have captured and I won't be able to get to it easily because I really don't want to carry like a whole pack of these around with me. So I feel like the thing that I should do um, is probably just do the same thing, but in like a field notes. So I'll have at least what, like 48 days worth of backlog essentially. Have you considered scanning them? Um, I have, I don't, I, I feel like I'm jumping the, jumping the gun here going, Hey, let's talk about this analog thing you're doing, but wait, wait, digital. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's a, probably a really good idea. Um, I have not, but I know a million different ways to do it. If I did, there's, um, there's like, of course, Evernote, um, you know, just capture it with a camera. Evernote actually has a really good, did we talk about this with, with Harry? Did we talk about oh, the Evernote what? version? Oh, the Evernote scannable? Yeah, Evernote has their own scanning app now that just I interfaces. just downloaded it last week. Yeah. Like I haven't I'm I'm a scan bot guy through and yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but I just downloaded Scannable last week because we're starting to do more business stuff here. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, should um, do that. I really need to well, get, a, get on my, the ball and do that. But so I, I really should be doing that and just so I have it I can just recall it pretty quickly. Um I just I don't know that just that transition from from analog to digital like I I feel like I usually transcribe things the opposite way which is maybe not the way most people should <laughs> uh most people do so I I like I record things quickly on into things and then when I'm just trying to piece out what I do for the day um I I just bring that out of the computer and onto my note card when you say into things, you mean things with a capital T. Things with – it's – yeah, it's confusing. Think, things with a capital It is. Right. Thanks for that super clear and clarifying title <laughs> there, uh, publishing company of things. Um, <laughs> well, and my, my question to you as you're considering going through this is how often since you started doing note cards have you had to refer to an old note card? Um, here's the thing. Not often. Usually it's whatever note I had on the other side. Like – here, here's an example. Um, I um, needed to uh, send you some things via United States Postal Service. Um, and so I couldn't remember. I knew that I had your address somewhere and I didn't want to ask you again like I always do. And so I went to find it and I wrote it down on my index card uh, on the back of it. But it turns out I didn't send it to you that day. So I just sort of put it with the other ones. And I know tomorrow when I send it, I'm going to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> what is this address? And I'll have to go find that note card. And it'll be fine. It's just all on my desk. But uh, yeah, I should have. I should scan it and therefore know right away what your address is. Or better yet, what I actually did is just put your address into my contacts on my computer. Uh, speaking of Cameron Bardell, Daniel Taub, um, that stuff's going out in the mail sometime this week. I apologize. <laughs> it's been, it's been cray cray here at uh, three small dogs, small business consulting headquarters, um, trying to get everything arranged and situated. Um, speaking of the U.S. Postal Service, but the reason that I asked the question is um, the main thing I'm using Evernote for now, and I realize that we're crossing streams and we're talking analog oh, and digital, fine. and we're kind of back and forth. Yeah. Um, but the main thing I am using. Evernote for now is what I call cold storage hmm. or an archive. I, the amount of times that I open up Evernote to look for something is just, it's tiny compared to the amount of time that I spend just throwing things into it. Yeah. Because, um, okay, here's a good example. Every time I am, I know I'm going to be out sick from work. I have to request a sub. 
because I have a job that requires someone to be in my spot every day, lest those children set fires or call each other names. And they would, too. Um, and they would, and they do. Uh, the <laughs> problem is when my job is posted, it is not posted at you are, X, you are supposed to go to X middle school or you're supposed to go to Y middle school. My job, because of the way that I am hired and, I'm a, and I am an itinerant, says that my job is posted through the Rutherford County Board of Education. Hmm. So at least three times in the last three years, someone has picked up my job request and gone to the central office. <laughs> there are no children at the central office, Andy. There's no one there for them to teach. <laughs> but what happens is they go there and then my principals or more appropriately my school secretaries think that I there, there's no one there for me. Yeah. So every time I request a sub, I have a confirmation number. You know, the same thing you do when you pay a bill online or you complete a transfer from one spot to another. There's a confirmation number. I take a screenshot of that and throw that into Evernote via the you, Chrome extension that I have that'll take screenshots. You put it into what I've, we call the CYA file. Yes. Cover that's exactly the cover your <laughs> ass file. It's right there. And the number of times I've had to go I've had to go after that in the last three years. Once for the number of times that I would have regretted not having it. And once is enough. Yeah. Once is enough. Yeah. Are are you sure you requested a sub? Oh yeah. I realized I woke up at two o'clock in the morning with a migraine and it was everything I could do to sit up, stare at my computer screen and essentially use my nose to tap out the characters (laughs) I needed to request a sub, but I'm glad it was there. And you know, that you're going to need to look for my address or that one thing that, you know, Zuckerberg said to you in the hallway when you passed. Maybe he was calling you a name. Maybe he was giving you an idea. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> at least you didn't knock him over this time. Yeah. Um, um, you're going to want to remember that stuff, but the odds of you needing to remember everything you write down every day, not that big a deal. And the only reason I even say Evernote is, A, I have yet to see them put a storage limit on the number on the number of or amount of things you can put in there and B their OCR is pretty damn good. It's really good. Yeah. It's comparable um, in my mind to um, kind of the Apple Newton store or handwriting recognition system which is to say that, it, that it week? recognizes me my handwriting. Can uh, we go an episode without you and the Newton? Not yet. Why don't you and Maybe the Newton someday. post the podcast. Oh man, yeah. I want to do an Apple Newton podcast. Oh, Who can I get to be on that? <laughs> I don't need okay, any more. Maybe fun. Stephen Hackett's got one. You guys could do an Apple. Oh Newton yeah, Stephen You Hackett's guys could tear it up great. with that. Um, so we should so also. That's, that's re- the reason I, I suggest Evernote because we're both members of the pen and pencil community. We should probably probably shouldn't go without uh, mentioning indexed.ink. Um, that's i n d x d dot i n k, uh, which is sort of an online um, via a web interface to law upload and log your um, your various notebooks. Um, they kind of go after. The field nuts crowd um, with theirs in that, you know, they make it easy to kind of like log and upload your used field notes. So check them out. Links in the show notes. Yeah, we'll definitely um, have links in the show notes. I, um, as I was listening to, um, I was listening to episode 149 of the pen addict on the way in this morning, which was um, Stephen Hackett in for Mike Hurley. He and he, uh, he was there with uh, Brad Dowdy having the discussion, and they actually were talking about this conversation. So we apologize if we've retread anything. But uh, David Ray is the guy who came up with that. He got a little shout out there, and I would love to, you know, make sure he gets as much press as he possibly can because that is really well put together. Yeah. Um, it's 
it's one of those tools, and this is how I know it's good. It's one of those tools that once I saw that it existed, I was like, oh my God, how have I survived without this thing? <laughs> because, uh, and I've only got five or six sitting here stacked up, but you look at people like Johnny, who, how quickly does Mr. Gamber go through a field note? Well, between him and his daughter, they go through one pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he and Charlotte are just tearing through those field notes, but yeah. I mean, if you take the time and index just the important things you think you might need to go back to on indexed, mm-hmm. um, Going back and find them is so much easier than saying, "Oh my God, I've got three from the pa- three or four from the past month with forty eight pages each. I've got to flip through and find out where it is. I know I put it in a black one. Yeah, like I know I put it in a county fair. I just don't remember what county fair it was, what color it was, or what state it's from. Right. Um. So, but if you take the time to index that, um, yeah. no pun intended, <laughs> that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. So we can probably skip most of the um, most of the pocket notebooks just because I feel like we've covered a lot of what it can do for you to do wise, um, or a lot of these listeners probably are very well acquainted with most of the pocket notebooks. Well, before we get into digital notebooks or digital tools of any uh, of any sort of significance, I think this would provide a wonderful segue into talking about our sponsor for the week. Sure. Well, I do have um, one more uh, analog thing to talk about, but we can we can do that after the sponsor break too. Let's do that after we talk about the sponsor break, because speaking of notebooks, uh, our sponsor again this week, and we're super thankful, our sponsor again this week is Notegeist. Uh, We're sponsored by a friend of the show and a shop you've heard Andy and I talk about before. Our sponsor this week is Notegeist. Notegeist is the online destination for your notebook and journal needs. You'll find a wide range of stationary choices in the shop, all handpicked for quality and value by Gary, Notegeist's proprietor. Uh, Andy and I are both big fans of what Gary is doing in his shop, and I think I've probably spent the majority of my supply budget over at Notegeist in the past few months. I mentioned last episode about all the Christmas gifts I bought over there, and um, Andy, I'm going to lie and tell you that you have a gift on the way from there as well. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Notegeist has a great selection of notebooks and journals from Word, which we talked about earlier, Write Notepads, Palomino, and Blackwing. They also carry CR notebook wallets for those of you who want a lightweight carry for cash and a few cards inside a convenient notebook. Notegeist also has one of the largest and most varied selections of note, uh, Field Notes brand notebooks, including a pretty spectacular selection of the older, harder-to-find collectible packs. Uh, here in the recent past, Notegeist stocked up on a few new products. They've now got Banded Apple Carnets, or Bandy Tapple, depending on which <laughs> Andy Welfley you are, uh, in a few different sizes and styles, uh, and arriving just in time for us, Dot Grid listeners. Uh, it's a brand new amazing notebook and journal line from Paper O featuring everyday notebooks inspired by innovation and simplicity. They've also got some super beautiful paper blanks journals in stock now, so go and check those out. Uh, as a special thank you to loyal.grid listeners, if you place a Notegeist order in April and enter the coupon code .gridpc, so that's D-O-T-G-R-I-D-P-C for podcast, uh, you'll get a shipping discount within the United States and, 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 you'll get a free random field notes notebook. Uh, with the selection Gary has stockpiled in his shop, that's reason enough to order before the end of the month. The discounted shipping is a sweet bonus, so if you're into field notes, uh, this is definitely um, a, 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 a thing you'll want to take advantage of. Excuse me. Uh, whenever you're ready for your next notebook or journal, check out notegeist.com to get those notebooks and journals to capture life's moments. That's N-O-T-E-G-E-I-S-T dot com and use the offer code dot grid PC to get a shipping discount and a free random filled notes notebook. Our thanks to Notegeist for supporting dot grid and all of the shows here on the Nerd Uprising Network. Thank you, Gary. Gary, we're super Gary's, appreciative. Thank you so, so much. Did I tell you I'm going to get to meet him in a few months? 
No, you didn't mention that. Are you going to Ohio? Is he coming to New York? Is he coming um, to you? How's that working? Well, I don't want to give away his whole life, but uh, I think he's coming out here. So we're going to try to hit up some of the various stationary shops. He's completely taking away the uh, the Andy Wilfley tour of uh, of California from me, isn't he? You guys are going to go meet Jet Pens, and you're going to go. Uh, <laughs> are you and Barrel Time are going to all go get brunch? Is that how this is going to work? Probably. I'm. I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll uh, we'll just you know just j- jet set across the bay. I'm super jealous. We'll save some of the de- some of the delicious food destinations for me when, once I make it out there. I'm going to have a, a little bit more free time here in about the next four or five weeks. No you never know when you could get a random Facebook message from me. Andy Wellfley, I'm at SFO. What are you doing Come tomorrow? Pick me up. <laughs> right. um, I'll just order you an Uber. Um, yeah. Well, uh, can, <laughs> can, I, can I have a lift? Is that okay? <laughs> there you can go. I do a lift instead? Uh, that works. Um, cool. So before we get into uh, some of the digital systems, which... <sighs> Ooh, boy, we can have a we we really could seriously just split these podcast like this into two podcasts. One about analog, one about digital. Um, I'll just quickly mention this. Um, back before I uh, really had to have a shared calendar, uh, I really kept a paper calendar, and I was on the lookout for the perfect weekly planner. Oh, you've uh, talked about this before. Have in I the three folders and everything? Yeah, yeah. on the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I won't go into like posting it to 43 folders and, you know, getting a whole bunch of responses, but uh, we, we kind of landed on a product made by Moleskin um, called the Planner Plus Diary. And it is for my purposes of that time and for you, if you keep it both a to do list and a weekly calendar, perfect. Um, one half is for the, the left side is for the week, uh, your current week, and the right side is a big blank piece of graph paper for your to do lists. And it was. It was great. It was perfect. And I will take a photo of the one that I am currently using. Are you using one uh, of those? Well, the, um, I, I am. Yeah. The right side is not graph paper. It's lined. Oh. Um, I, my wife, for Christmas, got me um, the, I don't know, I guess it's, it's bigger than A5. So I guess that's, is that A6, A6 if it goes larger? I think. No, yeah, A6 is smaller. Whichever the bigger one is, the one that's approximately um, A5 plus. five. It's A five plus. A five plus. It's the A five S is what it's called. A five. Yeah, the A five S. That's what it is. <laughs> um, it's the one that's I guess eight and a half by five and a half. Oh yeah. Is uh, it red? Uh, it's not because I have the one of the special edition Star Wars ones. Ooh. Um. Yeah. My wife got me the one with Darth Vader on the cover. That is the Scholastic Planner because I live a bit of a Scholastic life. Yes. Uh, the bad news is it started in July and I didn't get mine until January until December or January. So I lost a couple uh, months in the meantime. But I'm doing something similar. Uh, on a weekly basis to what you do on a daily basis. And that is when I go in on Mondays, I kind of look at my calendar for the week and some of the things I need to knock out. I write, you know, a couple little snippets about what my lesson plans are for each class on the left side where the calendar is. And then on the right side, I kind of keep a a running list of to do's or I like to call them to dones because nothing Hmm. is more enjoyable than writing something on your list and immediately scratching it off. Yes. Oh yeah. I do that all the time. So (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll take a picture of the cover of mine and some of the inside pages. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I have nothing but nice things to say about the Moleskine paper as far as uh, pencil goes and fountain pen ink on top of that. You know, sometimes in the past, particularly with the snobs and like some of the communities that you and I are in, it's gotten a little bit of a bad rap, but I have nothing but wonderful things to say about it. I think that's a, it's a digital, not a digital, an analog tool that I, that I love and cherish and am particularly fond of. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, let's, uh, Let's talk, albeit 
briefly, because let's be honest, we have a list of seven or eight or nine digital sort of tools or systems or apps here, but I, I don't think even if you combine the two of us together, we're using all nine of them at once. And, and so probably we all probably of hit them, them pretty quickly. Yeah, and all of them are probably like 60% the same. They are. And it's it's the devil kind of is, if it is in the details or the um, – what's the Shakespeare thing about the rub? Uh, 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 I don't know. I, there's I, the rub. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> therein lies the rub. There, uh, yeah, that works. If only one of us was an English teacher. Uh, one of us was an English lit major, though, so... Oh, God. I should have... I should have... To, to all of our educators, either fellow or former, we apologize. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about the ones we're not using before we get into the ones that we know a little bit more about. So, first of all, I should preface it by saying um, there are a billion and a half to-do lists and productivity apps in the world. And I Please think don't search for to-do or reminders in the app store because you're going to end up with... It's probably going to be an icon with a little check mark in the middle. I, th- I can't oh, remember. Yes. Somebody once... I think it was Federico Vitici downloaded a whole bunch of them and kind of like showed how he has like three pages of apps with basically the same icon on a different... Like with a different I've heard color. it discussed on more than one yeah. podcast where it's, if you want to create a to-do or a, a sort of reminders productivity app, it's going to have a check mark in it. Yeah. Somewhere. So, um, yeah, you should, uh, you should, well, I don't know. Should we, how are we going to do this? Discuss the ones that we do use or the ones that we don't use? Let's briefly mention used. the ones that we've looked at and okay. we haven't settled on. And I use settled as a very loose term here <laughs> because you and I are about as settled as it gets. I think you should start with Andy do. <laughs> Uh, apparently, I I have muscle memory that when I'm typing Annie, uh, it, I put a D in there. It comes out Andy. Annie, um, not Annie. Yeah. A- Annie, yeah. Annie. Um, um, as we're going through the list of, of digital tools before we started the show, I reminded Andy um, very, very subtly that instead of writing Any Do, he wrote Andy Do. That's my own personal app. It's I well and to be honest with you, that was the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, my God, this guy's got his do own you, app. Do you remember the um, – do you remember the – uh, interview that uh, I can't remember who did it with the CEO of Path, and he basically talked about how he had uh, two cell phones, two cell phones, and on them he had basically like a homebrew productivity list. Uh, that's just my version of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. His big it's- thing was he had two cell phones, so he could always have one and stay on the offensive instead of the defensive. I'm just like you're such a d bag. It was, and that's <laughs> that's the unfortunate part. Is I feel like Path has such promise as yeah. a social network. It's so pretty, we get into but, it. Well, yeah. you're not allowed to say nice things about other social networks. Oh, anymore. it's horrible. It's ugh, Path. Yeah, ugh. hate it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um, any do. So, so any do is one of them. To doist is one that I've seen a lot about lately. I think that they've they've been successful. Um, there's Trello, which is like a whole. It's a little bit more than a to do list. It's like a project management system. Um, we'll be, we'll talk about other things that are kind of like that as well and maybe where the line is. Um, but Trello is something that I just can't make work for my brain. So a lot of people just swear by it and think, think it's amazing though. Um, I used it and Asana concurrently yeah. for about two weeks. See, it, they have the they're opposite very similar. Problem. Well, they, they're similar in that to they me. have the opposite problem in that like Asana you have, it's too structured for me in that it's only task-based to-do lists. Um, whereas Trello, um, is too broad in that you just have like these boxes that you can rearrange and put stuff in. 
Do you know what's really weird about Tre- what 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 is weird that I don't like about Trello? And it's gonna this is the most asinine thing you'll hear all day. And you work with a bunch <laughs> oh, of oh, I doubt that. <laughs> go, go um, on. <laughs> I don't like the fact that to get through things in Trello, I have to move through a horizontal menu as opposed to a vertical menu. So, you know, and some I, people really like the H scroll, but I just don't. I just can't do it. So okay, so that makes sense to you because like I look at Trello and I look at Evernote and I realize that they are two entirely different products, but I've used them for similar things in the past, and yeah. that is kind of you have a big picture and then it kind of begins to narrow down as you work your way down from section to section to subsection to subsection to task. And as I look in Evernote, I know that I can go from notebook stack into individual notebook into maybe a list within the notebooks that has tags into an individual note. But to do that, I can work in what looks like a standard file structure. Yeah. Which again, that's an entirely different episode in and of itself. But People Trello, when I've got to do lists, I go horizontally, and it, it, it drives me bonkers. People just love Trello. Like I, I know we've mentioned this before, but the This Is How I Work series on Lifehacker is one of my very favorite things. And if ever you want to kind of like peek in the minds of some of the most brilliant people, um, so many of them use Trello. It's a good way to lose a couple hours in your day. Yeah. Yeah. To just roll back through that because it's it, – I agree with you. It's one of my favorite things that Lifehacker still does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are very many people in there that are very much into Trello. I tell you what, if you want to try to figure out how successful people do things with to-dos and get a whole bunch of mixed messages, you think Andy and I are bad. Go back through this is, uh, this is how I work or oh my gosh, there's – it seems like everybody's doing something different. Yeah. There is a, there's a lot of Trello crossover and there's a lot of, oh, I just use simple reminders on my iPhone or there's a lot, a lot, a lot of plain text and I'm yeah. not going to throw stones at that because that's what I'm doing. But yeah, Trello is super popular with everyone and yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, let's talk about some of the things that we, that we do use. Um, I, I know you put down and I, I'll be interested to hear you uh, talk about it, but the kind of native reminders app in iPhone um, or iOS, I should say. Um, and then there's also a, an OS 10 counterpart. Um, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> do you, do you use reminders? I do. And I use reminders for one of two things, uh, or for, for two things on a, on a very limited list, because I have a bunch of different things that I use, um, all together. I'll be Otherwise, interested to hear this have an episode because I want to see if it's exactly the same thing I do, but um, go on. I'm sorry. I assume it will be. I use reminders either uh, well, I guess for three reasons. One, because it's very, very easy for me to enter in something via Siri. Mm. Um, and then depending on how I've used if this, then that, or anything else, I can sometimes have that transfer over to another list. Uh, so I do it for that. I occasionally use it for location-based reminders. Mm-hmm. If I know I'm going to need to get something the next time I'm at the grocery store, or if I know I need to remember to send this piece of paper via inter-office once I get to my next school, and then I use, and I'm going to go ahead and assume this is the same thing you do here, uh, I have a shared reminders list with my wife that's typically groceries. Uh, surprisingly, that is not one of them. Uh, my really? Wife, my, my wife is pretty strictly... Well, she I guess she has like a she found an app for her iPad that she does to-dos in, but she she does a lot of like list making in notebooks. So Okay, um, well, and I, and I say that and I'm the one who uses reminders for the grocery list. Yeah. I, I it's use shared with my wife. That's cool. See, I should do we should do that. She doesn't, she doesn't necessarily use it. <laughs> I um so I, I use it for geofencing, so for like Yeah. Um the the best example was there was a um pasta restaurant in Fort Wayne that 
I really liked. And um, I when I when I was not eating gluten, which is something. Uh, yeah, that's long a whole story. Episode. Yeah, long story. Um, but now I am. Back then, I wasn't. Um, there was a. Um, they had a gluten-free noodle that I did not was not very well advertised, and I always forgot about it and just got a pasta-free dish. Um, so I set up a reminder that anytime I come close to that place, to remind me that they do in fact have gluten-free pasta and that I should get pasta. And hey, it worked. <laughs> it worked really well. So I use it for that, and then I also use it for timed reminders, just because. Like if I try to put something in things to remind me in six months to buy this when it goes on sale or something, um, right? I I know it's going to sit there in my inbox in things and bug me because I can't complete it out because apparently I'm OCD that way. Um, whereas in fact, I if I put it in reminders, it'll just kind of hide there until such time as that happens and I can just it just pops up. So I use it yeah for geofencing and then also for uh, long term long term timed reminders. But yeah. but yeah, Siri entry is really good. Um, you can actually take things and uh, sync it with reminders, but I have not tried that yet. I have done that with um, I've done that with Fantastical calendars. Is another episode that you and I are probably oh, going to cover. We've talked about doing that. What in in June or July? Once we're far how, enough removed from this episode that we're not twitching over it anymore. How do I get um, a How do I get to be a big shot enough that I can get Fantastical to buy me a license for the OS ten app? Oh. It's freaking $45 for a calendar um, app. And Fantastical is indeed fantastic, but... It, it is. I, I like Fantastical, $45. but it's one of... Well, and this is super telling. The only thing I have Fantastical for on my phone is for um, event entry. I don't, Actually, it's not my go-to uh, app. I'm using Sunrise right now. Sunrise is a good app, yeah. I love sorry, Sunrise. <laughs> Let's well, put a we pin talk, And we're not talking about calendaring at all. Because, well, yeah. and I can, I can segue back. The reason that I use Sunrise... <laughs> is because it integrates with um, many of the um, to-do applications that I'm using. Like you can Such look as. at Todoist in there. Yeah. You can use it. Yeah. You can look at Evernote in there. Huh. Um, Things? Asana had some integration for a while. Hmm. So let's, that was, that's one of the reasons why I use it is because it brings in all of my calendars, but it also brings in my to-do list so I can have that one central thing to look at. Let's talk about Asana for a second. So we, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but... Um, at the agency I worked for before I'm moving out here, um, we use Basecamp pretty religiously for our projects. And we always talked about trying to move away from Basecamp or find something that works better or simpler or something. And uh, there was a big push to switch to Asana. And I just, I don't know what it was. I just didn't get into it. And I watched all these videos when people could get like all this crazy stuff out of Asana. But I just, I just couldn't do it. Uh, we used it for a few kind of like sample projects. Um, do you use, do you use Asana? Um, I, Asana was the last thing I used before I switched over to the system I'm on now, which I guess really doesn't mean anything, but also means everything. Um, I really, really like it. I liked the way that I could separate things out into, like you can really drill down into individual tasks or you can have big overarching lists. I mean, um, it's very, very to do based more so than really any of these other project management things, right? Well, like I, at least check like list and checkmark based. Yes, it's very much list and checkmark based. I could have uh, again. I have a lot of different things that I'm looking at between uh, the wonderful and luxurious Nerd Uprising Network. Luxurious is not the adjective I wanted to use there. Um, <laughs> between Nerd Uprising and and the businesses that I that I help my wife with and work and then everything that I have at home because you know I'm I'm 30 and I have bills to pay and we live in a house and everything else. Um, 
so it was easy for me to separate one spot to the other because I'm the kind of guy that if I have everything on one long list, I'm going to be more concerned with what I need to be doing at home or what I need to be doing for this when I'm actually in yeah. I'm supposed to be in the mind mode for that. Yep. So it was easy for me to switch from one spot to the other. The problem was it was also very easy for me to get stuck on one spot or oh, the yeah. other. Yep. I think uh, they call them what does OmniFocus call them perspectives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so it was very easy for me to get stuck in one location or the other and I still get daily reminders from Unroll Me that I have unfinished tasks in Asana that I have since moved on to something else and all it does and of course it starts with an A so it pops up first and it reminds me that I have things that according to Asana I haven't done I would be like shut up Asana this, but I, I don't want to log into you because <laughs> you'll pull me back in uh, so so there's Asana um, there is um, we should mention Basecamp probably which is way more than a to-do list but this is kind of like your archetypical uh, project management tool it's made by is it ama- like a mix of Slack and Asana? Um, a little bit. It, it, so basically what that is is you have – there's like different sections within each of these things. So you have – you start a project. Um, and so in the case of my agency last, each project was each website we're building. Um, there's a messages thread where you can send messages back and forth between yourselves and between clients. You can make private or public messages. You can basically just thread everything, and it intersects really well with email. Um, so if your client doesn't want to log into this, they can just respond to an email. Um, there's that. Uh, there are, um, and of course, you can attach files to those and get deliverables and approvals, etc. Um, there are to-do lists, um, so you can create lists, uh, create to-dos within a list create a deadline for each of those which and it will then remind you and then assign a task to each individual person uh there's calendars where you can have to-dos um and milestones which is sort of like once all these to-dos are done this big milestone will be complete uh and then there are um notes like almost plain text they actually use it's not markdown but it's called textile are you familiar with textile i'm not not um it's a it's a markdown variant it's like a markup language um i I think it's probably a little simpler than Markdown, but I just like Markdown better because I'm used to it. Um, And so what's great about Basecamp is that all of these things are migratable. You can turn uh, a task into a message thread. Like every single thing has a discussion thread that you can can have. Um, So if you wanted to have a discussion about one particular task, you can do that. Uh, You can migrate things really easily from one to another. Um, and they've, they've actually recently, like in 2012, I believe, uh, really revamped the way that, um, uh, that Basecamp worked. But before that it had been the same for, oh man, like six years in, in a good way in that it was so good and timeless that they could do that. Um, it was built, it was one of the first, I think one of the first big things that was built in Ruby on Rails. Um, and so it had a lot of really interesting, like native Ruby elements. Um, it was, yeah, it was super fast, really good. Um, I used it briefly in a lot of different ways until I came to that company and we used it a lot. We basically lived out of it. So, uh, base really good. I, I would not recommend using it just for yourself. Um, unless if you had like other people you have to very closely collaborate with or stay on the same page with, um, we, I'm sure if we had time or the energy or the money, frankly, because it's expensive, uh, we could run a podcast network off of a Basecamp uh, account very easily. That sounds complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 it develops some efficiencies after a while, but oh. it was, it was pretty great. 
Um, so yeah, Basecamp is very collaborative. I would not use it again just for myself, um, but it's pretty cool. Um, I, I have always thought, at least in the old incarnation of Wunderlist, 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 um, they used to be similar to Basecamp, except with an, instead of a web interface, it was like an app, right? Um, and I think they've actually changed to more of a to-do list. Is that correct? Um, it, it very much it's still I very collaborative. You're asking, and it's something that we're currently using. Well, you're the I, you're the one who had me use it. Who forced you into it? I think God. is where you're going with this. <laughs> God, real thing, you're so horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's 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 very it's, it's very collaborative. It's almost strictly a list of things you can put check boxes next to. Yeah. Um, but again, if you go drilling into the tasks, you can throw attachments on there. You can have comments in them. You can throw notes on them, things like that. The reason that I have so, um, forcefully asked that we use it for nerd uprising is a, because up until about four days ago, it was the to-do list application I was using. Cool. Um, and B, because it is so remarkably cross uh, I have I haven't had three beers at all. Um so remarkably cross platform mm. because um and I've alluded to it many times within this very episode that I don't use the same operating system that you do. Yeah. So things um it's as much as I would love to be able to use it. Yeah. Um is not something that I have access to on my computers. I have a a Windows laptop that I use for work. I'm running Ubuntu on my tower at home i have a linux netbook that i kind of tool around with and i have an iphone so i'm kind of in between all these systems and wonderlist is either web-based or has a native app for all of these things that's that's so great like being being so ubiquitous like that is just shows the super hard work that they obviously put into it no it's a it's it's a, a plus it's pretty too isn't it like you can change the background and it's it's very attractive to look at and they've well on top of that they have made a great number of the features available in the free version, which yeah. I'm not against paying for apps. Yeah. Um, particularly services and things that I use all the time. I mean, you and I had the conversation earlier this week. I paid $3 for an AeroPress timer <laughs> on Saturday because I make coffee with my AeroPress every morning and I enjoy having that time. Yeah, I could use Siri to do that, but I like having that app there because it's easy for me to open it up, hit the recipe, hit start, and I know exactly what I'm doing at what time because first thing in the morning at 5.15, me thinking and hot water are not things that should go together. I, I um, think that you have out-hipstered me. I have a coffee shop on the roof, but you have... A premium app for AeroPress timers. I have a premium app for my AeroPress <laughs> timer, and I tell you what, I mean, the, the charger recipe that I made yesterday morning really delicious with a little bit of hot water, as if I'm making an Americana. Really great. So, um, okay. coffee people, AeroPress, if you're not already doing that. So, can you? Um, I assume that it has different methods, like the inverted method, in there too, right? Um, that's just... the great thing is it's got standard recipes, two cup recipes. There is. Uh, a list of recipes based on the most recent National AeroPress Championships. <laughs> Were you not aware of this? No, I was. I'm. I'm totally aware of this. But I am going to send just you like a to link. Hear to, say it. I'm going to send you a link to this article, and I'm going to put it in show notes. I read a really great article on a back channel on Medium with the guy who invented the AeroPress. He's, He's so interesting. I read that. Um, I wonder if it's the same thing, but is it is it republished from somewhere else? 
I don't know. It, it talks. It's an interview. It's but written he, in interview format. He's so uh, it's the interesting. Same guy that made the, it's the, the same guy that made the Arobi. Yeah, or the Arobi. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I always remembered like seeing the website. My sister in law bought me an AeroPress years ago, and. I like I was like this is really cool and I went to their website because I needed to order a spare part and like they also sold the what is what how do you say Arobi? Uh I yeah I say yeah. Arobi. Arobi is yeah. a town in Texas. Yeah, it's it's sort of like how frisbee was made by the guy who like he he made like pie pan plates or pie pie tins. And he figured you could throw them really easily, and they looked really cool, so he invented the Frisbee. It's it's so much like that. That guy is super interesting. Yeah, and well, he, he's 75, and he still shows up to work and invents things every yeah, day. Yeah. Um, but we're not is, here to talk about that. really, really cool, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not here even talking about AeroPress. Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Let's, Coffee's uh, delicious. We're t- Let's talking about that. Wunderlist. Um, oh, yeah. V- v- yeah. Can Wunderlist. I talk about things? Oh, that's right, because I out-hipstered you because I had that thing. We, You can talk about things. I own a copy of the iOS version of things, and I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I bought it when it was free. Yeah, oh, no, seriously. I, I got it when it was free, and if I had oh, uh, OS ten, I'm not calling it OS X anymore. You've taught me things. <laughs> if I yeah. had OS ten, I would probably pony up the money to use it on the computer because it's a really beautiful app. The, so it seems what, really functional. What's interesting is I – and this is this is not me trying to sound – Hipster, but I, I bought I bought this app like in before it was cool. Yeah, before, in like two thousand seven, I think. Um, I can't even remember how I came across it. Uh, maybe I read about it in 43, 43 folders, but I had a little money through the small nonprofit job I had to like spend on software, and we were looking for like some nice computer to do lists. Um, and uh, I bought like a like my own license um, as part of like a three license pack kind of a thing. And so I've had this license of things for like probably almost six years, and it's sort of just kind of gone with me from place to place. Um, they Cultured Code, who makes it, is just like a fantastic company, and they um, they put out. Um, oh, I'm trying to bring up their website to see what else they make, but um, they came out with an iOS version when um, not too long after the App Store got opened up. Um, oh, I think they only make things now. Uh, they used to make a few others, I believe. But uh, it pays the bills. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a really good uh, to do list, and it can be as simple or as complicated as you like. Um, you can um, just have basically like one stream of to dos. Um, you can separate them out into a today view. Uh, they have something they call focuses, which are basically like um, perspectives, I guess. Um, you can kind of string or aggregate to do. So one is dependent on, upon the completion of the other. Um, you have different boxes like scheduled to do. So you can set something to be due today, tomorrow in a week. Um, and then you can set that to appear automatically in the today box, um, at a given number of days before they're due. So like one day before they're due, three days before they're due. So they show up. Um, you can, you can have different, different boxes called like someday, um, which basically just every once in a while, we'll stick it in there for you to look at or be reminded of and get done. Um, and you can separate that things out into projects. So a project is sort of like this master to do with like little sub to do's in it. Um, I actually use this, uh, I use things to sort of separate out all my various streams. So I have like, you know, different products I work on at work. Um, I have my personal blog. I have my content strategy blog. I have my um, poor, uh, abandoned pencil blog. 
Um, so I can just kind of come up with something quickly and stick it in there. Um, and it has universal key commands. So wherever I am, I can hit uh, control command space to make a new to do. Uh, and it has like a, it has tags. Um, you can tag stuff. Uh, it has a note section in which you can, um, oh, what am I trying to say here? You can, you can drag an email to the note section to make a link to take you back to that email to reference something. It's, it's just a really nice, robust app. And it is not cheap. Um, it's not as much as Fantastical, but I'm trying to remember. So on, on iOS, do you remember how much it was on iOS? I think before I got it for free, it was nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh man, on OS ten, it's fifty dollars. Jesus Christ. Um, I feel like I didn't pay that much for it back in the day. Um, but it's it's a yeah, it's a nice app. It will they'll let you keep updating it and updating it even when they come out with new versions of it. So that's really nice. Um, I paid for mine back in two thousand seven, so it's basically like I got it for free. It's just that I can't get it through the app store. So they have a pretty robust way to um, update from 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 the app though that's good so we'll have links to um the mac and the ios there's a separate iphone and, I- and ipad version we'll have links to those in the show notes um so expect uh, three different links by the way um probably in the interest of full disclosure uh, most of these apps are via affiliate links so if you are interested in purchasing one of these apps to try please do so through our link because we get a little kickback it's not much but it's enough to kind of support the show um we, we, we how much do we make 38 cents through 38 cents off of the amazon book yeah um, we make you know we make it's really pennies it doesn't cost you yeah. anything else but we make a couple of pennies off yeah. anything that you buy through amazon affiliates or through um app store affiliates it's, it's a good way for it, us to know what you guys like basically and it pay, it pays for the shipping for the giveaways and things yeah. like that um it allows it pays will salary Yes, it pays my massive 38 cents at a time. astronomical Nerd Uprising network salary. Um, but yeah, so if there are links in the show notes, please, please, please um, use those to go and, and pick up some of these things that you may be interested in. I think that it's an interesting difference between uh, you and I that you use things, which, and I'm going to use your word for it. It's a very robust app with a a lot of different features and selections and different ways that you can kind of lay things out and put them on this list or that list or tag it with this or shuffle it here and have it show up then. Um, And I have currently gone the complete opposite direction. Hmm. Uh, And I am currently going with uh, a system that's a little bit more, We'll even call it Merlin Man Merlin Man esque. Uh, I am doing everything through plain text right now, hmm. um, and in oh it it, it I tell you what that's how confused I am about how <laughs> I came up with this. That's how flabbergasted. That's that is what flabbergasted sounds like, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I actually pulled a productivity hint tip workable workflow. From Mark my Wow's. wife, uh-huh. yes, from my <laughs> wife, and I am um, keeping all of my to-dos in a plain text file right now. Huh. Um, she keeps one file in Simple Note full of, and I say full, and I mean full, full, because she's doing a lot of things. There's a, just like a double space in between the I need to get this done today and I need to do this someday lists, but it's the easiest thing for her to keep up with, and I 
um, looked at that and was kind of inspired by the fact that she gets more things done than any human person should get done in three days. She gets it done in about four hours. Um, so I was I was kind of inspired by the simplicity of the way that her system works because as you and I talked about uh, what feels like seven and a half years ago now at the beginning of the episode, we spend a lot of time pouring effort and energy into finding the perfect tool and not as much time getting things done. And she spends a lot of time getting things done because she has the simplest system. So my, my, my partner is exactly the same. She, you know, has something like a system that I sort of look at and like, Oh, I can't believe you're not integrating this and this. And Hey, you know what? She crosses stuff off that list. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Hey, or th- I think we should try to do Trello or I think we should do a sauna. I think we should do that. And she's always, nope. oh, okay. And then she keeps doing her list and I see her do more things. And I see myself, you know, installing this app or moving this app or does it work with my Android tablet? Or does it work on my phone? Or what's the easiest way for me to get to it through the firewall at school? And I'm like, <laughs> She's just got some plain text stuff that she keeps synced through Simple Notes. So it's not even Dropbox. Like it's not even saved on other computers. Like it's it's simply the the Simple Sync system or whatever the the Simple Note backend is called, and it's all just saved that way. And it's well, ninety ninety nine percent on her phone. Well, so in the grand tradition of making simple things like plain text more complicated, um, how do you actually create those plain text <laughs> files? Um, I am currently using. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which platform you're talking see, see, to, see, it's me like about. now we can talk about something as simple as plain text, but yet right. we can like sweat over the millions of different ways you can create it. That I've overcomplicated, and I've actually <laughs> been playing with it while, while we've been talking. Um, I am using Sublime Text three on all of the computers that I'm using, and I use a program called Draft, which you and I have talked about before. Yeah. On not drafts for iOS, but draft for Android. I use that on my Nexus tablet and I use editorial on my phone. But the reason I use all three of these is because it allows me to access a plain text file in some shape, form or fashion or format uh, that allows me to do certain things with it. Right now, when I'm looking at my to-do list in Sublime Text 3, I'm using uh, a package that I've installed called uh, Plain Task, which is very reminiscent of Task Paper. Are you familiar with Task Paper? I am familiar with Task Paper. It's it's very similar to task paper where uh, everything has a checkbox next to it. I can I have everything. It's one text file, but I have everything separated into lists for school and home and nerd uprising and three small dogs and Elizabeth Ulrich design stalker vintage. Those are her other businesses. So depending on where I am or what perspective I'm in, I can either open can we, or collapse. Can we talk list. about the Gilmore Girls real quick? You can talk about Gilmore Girls all you want to. I have a weird reference to that that I'll talk to you about in the after show, but I think about Gilmore Gilmore Girls uh, and you and coffee on a semi-regular basis. So you know Kirk from the Gilmore Girls? I don't. I've never seen a single episode. Okay, Okay, dear listeners, you you guys know Kirk from the Gilmore Girls if you watch it. He's the guy who has like a million different jobs working at whatever like little business exists in the small town of Stars Hollow. Uh, Will Will is basically the internet version of Kirk. I just I, I diversify my income. Now, now you have to go watch Gilmore Girls so you can understand. I do. Is that if Netflix I'm giving you a compliment? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Um, you can you can decide whether or not I'm I'm paying you a compliment or an insult. Uh, well, my wife and I are always looking for a new show to start from the beginning. We're finally, <laughs> as of last night, are caught up on SVU. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she won't argue with me about starting. It's a Gilmore little Girls bit different than SVU. I would imagine so. They, they I would imagine th- there are there are women in both shows, and then I think the similarities probably end. They. Um, the grizzly murders in Gilmore Girls don't happen until the end. 
Oh, well, there you go. No, I have something <laughs> to look forward to. Um, but I, I have plain task saved here, or it's a package that I have in, uh, in sublime text, but I also use sublime text for, uh, doing my markdown writing and everything else. Uh, we yeah. did an episode on markdown. You remember that? We did. We did. Down? And, uh, we should do a follow up sometime. Cause I have some new it, de- developments in markdown behind Aaron Draplin. still our most popular episode. Huh? Okay. Uh, so markdown, it's a, it's a thing that people are really into, but I use it to do my mark. I use sublime text to, to do my markdown writing. Um, I use draft to do my markdown writing and my plain text editing, um, on my Android tablet, like I said, and then I have, um, editorial for, uh, for iOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think that it's, uh, it would be a good idea for you guys to check these tools out. If, you know, plain text is something that you're interested in. I find myself, because I can't overcomplicate it, and trust me, I'm looking for ways, but because I can't overcomplicate it, I do find myself getting more things done because there's less things standing in between me and and the stuff I'm trying to accomplish. I mean, we're using Wonderlist to keep a track of show ideas. I still have my field notes in my pocket that I write things down on yep. because I still find it to be a little more socially acceptable to take a notebook and a pencil or a pen out at a meeting yeah. than to take my phone out because people just assume that I'm using the, the Snapchats or the plan. Twitters playing Whatever. Tetris or something. Well, uh, Crossy so, Road. Still, still stuck on Crossy Road. Can't <laughs> get above like a 12 on so, Crossy So like what we, what we mentioned before is there's a million different tools to do this. And if you are somebody who's lucky enough to know the sort of thing you want uh, to do to make it productive for you, like send us a tweet or something and we can probably – we are by no means – any sort of an expert in all of these things, but I'm sure we have enough kind of collective knowledge between us to say, uh, Hey, this is what you should be looking at or this over here, uh, depending on how simple or complicated you want to get with it. So, yeah, uh, we love to tinker. So we've got at least a cursory knowledge of most of the systems and popular tools that are out there. There are entire podcasts dedicated just to, to do, to do lists. So, um, and they're not just ones that are allegedly about productivity that get into like comics and, parenting and big lebowski germs germs like um which, which i mean it's still a fantastic podcast and you should definitely it is. listen it back to work but they have they have a rapport that i the likes of which you know i, I rarely see replicated anywhere but the nerd uprising now well like when i say like workflow that workflow that that's that's ripped directly from merlin man like i don't even apologize for that and like i i sometimes will talk about like sending somebody a toot um a tweet because merlin says that and it, i all of like my little like podcast ticks in in my head when I podcast, it sounds like Merlin Man. I'm putting this show out on Wednesday solely for the sole reason that I want every one of our listeners to either tweet or email you and peer pressure you into going to this thing on Thursday. <laughs> I want all of our listeners to want you to do what's best for you and to go do this thing. So I'm I'm gonna publish this episode a day early. I'm set it here on the internets. Although I am the person in charge of editing, so I can always cut this part out. But I'm saying it here. I'm going to do this out early. I think it's something you should do. It's even if you're just even if you just get to be in the same room as your hero or your pro not your protege, your wannabe mentor, or whatever. Yeah. Even just to My be in the, to have that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, we talk about how much we'd hug each it's, other. Imagine how much you would try to fake hug Merlin Mann. He might have to get a restraining order. It's amazing, like, when you live in Indiana and Merlin Mann lives in San Francisco, how easy it is to be like, oh, yeah, he's just this guy on the internet. But now when I don't live in the same city, but I live within, like, like 40 minutes of him, it's it's much harder to, like, keep that keep those things kind of compartmentalized. 
no, I, I agree. I had the same sort of, well, probably not to the extent that you do, but I had the same sort of moments with uh, have, being able to sit down with Mike Rohde and yeah. you and I being able to talk to Aaron Draplin. I mean, that was one of those things that was like, what is this? That is this amazing. happening right now? Yeah. That was that was a great thing. I was I was happy to have him on. I'm hoping we can get him back for before the summer edition comes out. But yeah. that's pipe dreams. Yeah. Peer pressure, folks. If you're going to tweet at Andy, maybe you tweet at Draplin at the same time and be like, hey, thanks for being on Doc Red. Uh, which you can reach on Twitter at Red Podcast. By the way, speaking of Twitter, Andy <laughs> Welfley, awkward segue. Uh-huh. Uh, if we wanted to get in touch with you on the Twitters, which I don't have to, I have about thirteen different ways to get in touch with you, not including uh, the United States Postal Service, which you and I will both be taking advantage of this week. How coincidental was it, um, by the way? Speaking of field notes, that the field notes you wanted, I have in front of me. It's, it's amazing. It, it works. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, gentleman stationer well, Joe, who hopefully listens to the podcast and now has gotten his shout out. Oh, he has things for us. I need to meet with him before I send your package. That's awesome. Because Brad and the Brad uh, and the rest of the guys over at Notco, the rest of the folks over at Notco, apparently sent us some treats back what? from the Atlanta Pet Show. What? So yeah, something about notebooks or something. I don't know, but I think I'm going to send you a whole handful, and then you can work on uh, disseminating them to the wonderful gentlemen that work with you on the Erasable podcast. We should, um, we should do a crossover sometime where we all just oh get together and talk about something. I don't know what. We can all get together and talk about um, journaling. Yeah. That so, sounds like a wonderful idea. But anyway. So you can get internets. me. You know what? Don't, uh, don't send me a tweet. Send me a yo. I'm on yo. Yo, just uh, yo. Find right at Andy. Find me yo uh, at Andy W. I believe is my yo name. Yo. Uh, no, <laughs> my my Twitter account. Have you? Do you watch? Probably not Silicon Valley. Um, that's one of those I need to jump back into. Oh, that's so good. Um, giant penis th- joke. There's a, there's a um an episode actually this week's episode that uh, there's a new social network called Bro, and you can uh, you just send some you just send people bros. They can bro you back. They uh, bros disclose. That's, bros uh, disclose. That's my takeaway. You, you gotta, you gotta keep your bros in the loop. Yo. Anyhow, uh, um, my what? My Twitter account is a Wellfley, a w e l f as in Frank, l e, and uh, I am um, yeah. Andy that's, that's at woodclinch.com. Andy at woodclinch.com. And if we're uh, doing emails, yeah. If, you're, if it's like 1997, I don't know how to do email. Send me a fax. Fax you um, at six one four two eight. 17 niner yeah that's it six yep how about you how do people get a hold of you oh goodness gracious there are many ways to get a hold of me the best way to do it is probably uh smoke signal but on the rare occasion that it's windy where you are uh i'm also on twitter at w-i-l-l-f also like in frank a-n-g-u-y that's will fengi uh at the twitter you can tweet at dot grid podcast that'll um bleep and bloop and bling on Andy's many digital devices and computer screens as it will mine. And then we will race to see who can tell you nice things, um, as you're, quickly as possible. You're Please real, tell real us, quick on that. Uh, well, I get bored at work because I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> so I just keep the, I just keep the digital tweeter windows open and just immediately jump on it. A lot of times I'm just taking sick days because yeah. I have them and I'm not going to use them anyway. So, um, again, really, really bad at my job. So I'm hopefully if any of my future potential employers is listening to this, you can tell that I'm being sarcastic. I love my kids and my job and making money. Um, so please, please, please tweet at us either individually or at the podcast. Uh, again, it would behoove us to mention, um, 
cash.me slash hashtag nerd uprising. If you wanted to send us a dollar or two, that would be great. It pays for shipping for the giveaways and my meager salary, which again is a joke. I'm not making any money for this. We do this gratis because we love you. Um, and remind we do us, love them. Remind us though, um, what you do to get the, uh, discount from no geist. Oh yes, please, please, please make your way over to notegeist.com n o t e g e i s t dot com and use the offer code dot grid pc. That's pc for podcast. Uh, you'll get a shipping. Uh, shipping. You'll get a discount on United States shipping and a free random field notes notebook. Gary has been super, super generous. There's already been a couple people that have gone over there and placed a couple orders from the episode we did earlier this month. Oh, awesome! Uh, and he's been yeah, he's been super happy about that, and so are we. Uh, that's the best way to support our podcast is not just to send us money directly, which is great, but to go and support our sponsors because Gary's doing wonderful things over there. So please, um, please go over and support Gary and support Nerd Uprising and Dot Grid in the process. Um, Andy, we have rambled on for an extended period of time, but it's really been an enjoyable discussion. I am completely more confused now than I was at the beginning, and that was kind hey, of my goal. That's what we're here for. So if you're at all interested in telling us what kind of systems you're using or if you're interested in telling us that we're completely wrong and that we should be doing something different, please don't hesitate to tell us. We love to hear feedback. Um, we do it because we enjoy talking about these topics, but we really love talking to you. So please, please, please get in touch with us. Um, in the meantime, between now and when we sit down again, uh, Andy Welfley, I hope that things go well for you. Um, send me some things. I'll send you some things. Maybe some multicolored pencils. Hey, that sounds good. I bet I have some of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you dug through the vault, you could find something fancy. Awesome. All right, man. Yep. Um, it's been fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you guys in a couple weeks. See you later.